Hi, I'm Val Hart in San Antonio, Texas, founder of Val Hart and Friends at ValHart.com. Welcome to The Real Dr. Doolittle Show, the show for animals and the people who love them. I've been called a real-life Dr. Doolittle many times in my career as an expert animal communicator, behaviorist, pet psychic, and master healer. My mission and passion is to improve the lives of animals the world over by helping humans learn how to speak their language, how to understand their viewpoints, and heal. After all, our love of animals helps us be better humans, and the more balanced and healthy we are, the more balanced and healthy they can be, too. Be sure and look for my CDs on iTunes, and to find out more about my work and to receive your free Quick Start Animal Talk course, just go to my website at valhart.com. While you're there for a limited time, you can also apply for a complimentary Happy Animal Assessment Session. And if you want to learn how to be your own Dr. Doolittle, check out the world's first complete Animal Communication Made Easy system available now on my website at ValHeart.com. Thank you and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Val Hart, the real Dr. Doolittle, and today I'm talking with Jenny Smedley. Jenny has had an empathy with animals since she was two years old, and she's written and published many books. She has two bestsellers on pet souls for Hay House, Pets Have Souls Too, and Pets Are Forever. Her new book, My Dog Diary 2013 and My Cat Diary 2013, will be published in August of 2012. Jenny currently writes regular columns for It's Fate, Fate and Fortune, and Soul and Spirit magazines in the UK, Take Five in Australia, and Lucky Break in New Zealand. For two years, she's hosted her own spiritual chat show on Taunton TV, interviewing people such as David Ick, Reg Presley, and has been a guest on 350 radio shows worldwide, including Iceland, South Africa, USA, UK, and Australia. And she's appeared on many TV shows, both in the UK, USA, and Ireland, and Australia. She's a guest on radio. Oh, my God, you've got a long list here, Jenny. Your most recent appearance was on the Richard Bacon Show on Five Live. And um, you're, just in, you're just all over the place, girlfriend. <laughs> you are. Uh, your most recent press appearance uh, was in the Daily Mail and world-renowned the Daily Express. Um, you live with your husband of 40 years, Tony. Congratulations on that. And your reincarnated dog, Casey, in the Blackdown Hills area of the beautiful county of Somerset in England. Jenny's website is JennySmedley.com, J-E-N-N-Y-S-M. E-D-L-E-Y dot com. Welcome to the show, Jenny. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. It's so nice to speak to you at last. I know. I love it. We had a, a little bit of a challenge getting our lines to connect over the over the pond. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you're appearing, uh, I'm in San Antonio, Texas, so um, uh, it's, it's so much fun it's, it's to not, be... Uh-huh. It's not bad, really, is it, being able to talk to people live so far away. We tend to take it for granted, really, don't we? Uh, these days we do, and it wouldn't be that mm. long ago that this would just be a flat-out miracle. And, in fact, it mm. is, isn't it? That's amazing. Yes, it yeah, I love it. So um, I so relate to you. You know, you have an empathy with animals since you were two. I, I know when I was a child, 
Um, yeah, I was known for, you know, wild feral animals, you know, coming up to me and, you know, um, h- hanging out with me and, and all of that. And, you know, I, I, I just, I so get that. I, in fact, it, I went through a phase, I think I worried my parents dreadfully, but I went through a phase where I, th- I thought I was a dog. <laughs> so. I, I went through a phase where I wanted to be a dog. Yeah. I don't think I got as far as thinking I was one. <laughs> Actually, I, I always wanted to be a horse. A horse, uh, yes. I, yeah, a horse, because I always, uh, you know, I've always ridden horses, and uh, mm-hmm. I think I wanted to be strong like a horse, you know, be able to yeah. gallop like a horse. I thought oh, horses yeah. were fantastic. They are. They're almost magical. Mm. They're just amazing. Mm. Uh, so one of the things that we're going to talk about today is animals, of course, and the fact that they have souls. Now, that's sometimes considered controversial, although I think that most of mm-hmm. us animal lovers think that they might, you know, so I, I'm really interested in hearing what you think. Of course, I'm I'm with you. I certainly think mm-hmm. that they have souls. Um, you say that you believe that the future of our society as well as our planet rests on mankind changing his attitude toward animals and how they are treated. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, can uh, tell us a little bit more about about that. Well, people will tell you um, that there are no animals or no animal souls discussed in the Bible, but in fact, you know, the Bible is a is a self help manual, really, a how to do it manual for people. It's not for animals, and uh, animals can't read anyway, or so they tell us. Mm-hmm. So there wouldn't be any point in there being instructions in there for for animals. Animals don't need any help uh, to um, go to be with God once they pass over. Mm-hmm. They're actually much closer to God than the rest of us. Um, they have all their instincts and their intuitions intact. And if you believe in reincarnation like I do, then most of us will have actually been encased in the body of an animal at some point during one of our incarnations. Mm-hmm. And I believe that uh, we could only actually cope with being human and staying spiritual if we've already experienced being on this planet as an animal because of the fact that animals are so much more in touch with the planet than we are. You know, they can sense water, they can find food, they know which things are poisonous and which aren't. And, you know, in a lot of ways they're a lot cleverer than us and they also live in the moment, which we don't do. Mm-hmm. We tend to live in a past that's gone or a future that hasn't happened yet, whereas animals teach us to live in the moment. And you've only got to sit with your pet quietly to understand that states of energy between us and animals travel between us. And if your animal is very calm, it can calm you. And if you're very calm, you can calm the animal. Um, if If you're upset about something, you might be able to fall everybody in your family and everyone you know that you're fine but you won't be able to fool your pet because your pet senses your energy yes and I, in that respect i feel they are on a different spiritual level to us yes you know animals don't judge us like we judge each other animals aren't prejudiced they don't care what color you are what race you are what religion or gender or age you are They don't care if you're fat or thin. They treat everybody the same. And if only we could say that about ourselves. Mm. Yeah. But we can't. 
So that, <sighs> that's why I say that, you know, unless humans stop treating animals as commodities mm-hmm. and start treating them as living beings that have every right to be here as much as we do, you know, we're never going to progress as a race. And um, I feel that if we don't progress as a race, then pretty soon we won't be here. You know, we, we may be just another experiment that failed. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So I really do feel that we, we've got to wake up. Um, I became a vegetarian once I really understood what it was I was eating. Well, in fact, that's not quite true. I tried to become a vegetarian when I was about 12, but that was in 1952, and, you know, you just didn't do that then. My family, my parents just wouldn't tolerate me not eating meat, and mm-hmm. so I was pushed and pushed and pushed until I started to eat it again Mm. but I became a vegetarian later on once I had my own choices because I understood what it is that I'm eating and what has happened to that animal you know it makes me really quite angry when I I hear people cooing over lambs in fields oh look at the lambs aren't they cute aren't they adorable aren't they lovely Mm. never even thinking that in a month's time that lamb will be killed cut up into pieces and be on somebody's Sunday dinner table. Mm-hmm. And so that lamb went through all that. It went through the trauma of birth. It survived the weather. It was parted from its mother. It was terrified and it was killed. All for what? For 10 minutes of eating at a table. Mm-hmm. It just It's just wrong. Mm. I know one of the things you say, um, and I, I love this, is, and we we want to have an understanding that animals are not put on the planet for us to use at will, but for us to learn mm-hmm. from. Exactly. Yeah, and they do have much to teach us, don't they? Mm-hmm. They do. They definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. When when an animal loves, it's unconditional, and not many people experience that either. Mm-hmm. And right. an an animal's love is natural, and it's something that they they do because they have this empathy with us mm-hmm. and sometimes animals endure terrible things mm-hmm. in order to try and teach us yeah we're all souls animals are all souls they're just at a different stage to us it doesn't mean they're at a lower stage than us and that's something that we've got to get over the human race the human race is not the be all and end all of the universe we really aren't we're a part of this chain of souls and animals are in that chain too. And every yeah. time somebody mistreats an animal, they're damaging themselves. That's a really good point. You know, one of the things I always teach is that our humans reflect, uh, I'm sorry, our animals reflect and mirror us in our imbalances and our wounds and our stresses, oh, yes. you know. So yes. when we have what, a problem what, with an animal, what seems to be the animal's problem, mm. Um, mm. often it's not the animal that has the problem, it's the person. You know, so Yes, they, they flag up our problems yes. in their behavior. Yes, mm. that's correct. Yeah, And so we always have to look to ourselves. Uh, so if there's something going wrong, we have to look inward first mm-hmm. and separate yes. out what's actually ours versus what's theirs. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I'm not saying that Animals don't have their own issues and their own wounds and their own stuff, mm-hmm. um, but uh, we're usually drawn together for a reason, you know. Yes. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I think let's let's back up here for just a little bit. Um, I, let's start. Can we define what we mean by soul and reincarnation, just in case our listener okay. um, may not be quite on the same page with us yet? Um, mm-hmm. How would how do you respond when people say, "Why do you believe in reincarnation, and and what is all this about souls?" You know what? Okay. How would you respond? Well, re- reincarnation to me is uh, that we come here life after life in different bodies in order to progress. Um, there's, there's quite a, a, a big theory behind this, and it's um, explained in my book, Soul Angels, which isn't actually about animals per se, mm-hmm. although there are, of course, animals in it. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people say, why is the human race here? What are we here for? What's the reason? What happens after we die? And so on. Well, to me, um, the theory of reincarnation, and um, what I firmly believe in, and I believe in it because I've had experience of it myself and uh, understanding it has changed my life out of totally out of recognition. Mm, wow. Is that if, if we if we came here just once, it doesn't matter what kind of God or religion or spirit you believe in, there's no way that everybody on this planet gets a chance to show themselves in the best possible light in one lifetime. It just isn't fair. You can't possibly compare, say, um, an orphan in India who's having to steal scraps in order to stay alive with a child in the West who has every known gadget and every financial assistance and, in fact, is generally overweight. They have so much food to eat. You can't compare those two. The one child does not have the chance. Now, some people have said to me, well, it doesn't matter because God judges everybody according to their life, according to the way they've had to live. But surely everybody deserves the chance to be able to show themselves in the best possible light to their God. Mm-hmm. And they can't do that in one lifetime. It, it strikes me that uh, traditional Christianity, and I was brought up a Catholic myself, mm-hmm. says that you have one chance and then according to how you behaved, you are judged and then you either go up there or down there. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no God of mine that would act in that way. God loves us. Um, the Great Spirit loves us. Whatever you want to call it, the universe loves us mm-hmm. and wants us to succeed. And just like a parent with a child, if the child fails their exam the first time, they'll be allowed to come back. So I believe that we do come back, that we come back time after time until... Basically, we fulfill our full potential. Mm. And then I believe that we actually become what we always have been, if only we'd known it, and that is we become angels. Mm. And I believe this this planet was put here uh, to enable this new race of angels that I call soul angels to evolve. And the only way angels can evolve from being angels is to experience life in a physical body and that spark of them that spark of them that is put into those bodies is what we call our soul so our soul goes from body to body learning experiencing and progressing until it's ready to go back and become part of the universe and assist become part of the evolution of these angels Mm -hmm. and for me 
that's a nice rounded explanation as to why we have to come back time after time. And mm-hmm. um, and of course, you know, we traditionally people who believe in reincarnation normally think that um, we progress up the ladder, as it were, through the animals into becoming human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that is sometimes the case, but I also think sometimes the case that we go and become an animal after having been a human, yep. because, you know, maybe we messed up, maybe maybe we need a bit more education, maybe right. we need to go back to being a dog or a cat or some mm-hmm. other animal that doesn't have the human pressures on them mm-hmm. so that we can perhaps um, learn again or heal again and be yeah. ready to face the challenge of being human again. Right. which is a very difficult thing to be. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense to me. I, I know that um, some people really struggle with the concept of reincarnation. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have a thought one way or the other until I started working you know, with it myself. Yeah. And I, I remember um, an exercise uh, I did in the 70s and... Uh, was it was just a, a guided meditated kind of exercise, and what they were actually doing was just simply calling out dates. Um, mm-hmm. they, they sent us, you know, into a meditative state, and then they were simply calling out dates. Uh, and mm-hmm. you know, through throughout, I mean, you know, in the past and also in the in the present. I mean, and the future. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember on a number of those dates, um, I had very clear memories uh, that would pop. Um, about where I was on those dates, and the amount of information that came through was just astonishing. Um, it wasn't mm. something you know that I was consciously aware of at all. I had never even considered or known any of that. Mm. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it really astonished me, and uh, it was. It was like I was peeking into different lifetimes that I had had. Mm. Mm. Um, it, it was 1985. Sorry, it was, it was 1985 with me. Mm-hmm. And um, sorry, 1995. <laughs> Get it right. Um, as I said, I was brought up a Catholic, and they don't yeah. believe in reincarnation at all. Mm-hmm. And I had my own experience, and within literally uh, a few months of understanding that I'd had a past life, mm-hmm. uh, I was songwriting, I was writing books, I was losing weight, um, I came out of a deep depression, mm-hmm. I ended up doing the TV show. It was just ridiculous. I, I wrote a song that was an award-winning song, even though I'd never written any before. Wow. It was just like these floodgates of creativity mm. just came pouring out because I welcomed back to myself all the people I'd been in my history. You know, people who don't believe in past lives, I think they're, they're suffering from what I call amnesia of the soul mm-hmm. because it's like as if you imagine if you'd had some kind of an accident and and got amnesia in this lifetime and couldn't remember your own childhood, couldn't remember mm-hmm. your own early years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it would be impossible to be the whole person that you are. And it's the same with your soul. If you don't remember all your soul's journeys, mm-hmm. then you can't become the soul that you're meant to be. Yeah. Well, you know, the, I think in the Bible it refers to that as the veil. You know, the, mm-hmm. the veil can be quite opaque and <laughs> quite thick mm, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. until we have eyes to see, you know, and, and yeah. the veil is parted so we can see. Um, and I think yeah. that sounds like what happened for us, for you and I, mm, um, and I yeah, hope definitely. that it's happened to, for our listeners. And if it hasn't yet, um, then I certainly would encourage you to consider 
um, mm. and, and to uh, at least be open to the concept and see what happens. Uh, you know, this is all personal experience. I mean, I don't. Absolutely. Neither of us joined a cult and got our brains washed. No, <laughs> it, it simply was a natural, you know, occurrence. And I, I know you've had this experience too. I, um, I remember um, uh, uh, in the early '90s, I was working at uh, Wildlife Rescue, uh, a center uh, close to us um, that uh, rescues wildlife, basically that's been mm-hmm. injured or is ill or caught in the wrong place or something like that. And uh, they take care of them and release them back into the wild if they're able, and if not, they take care of them until they, you know, pass on. Um, and I remember working with um, a deer uh, that had been injured, and um, the deer was skittish with everyone else, but with me, I would go out there, and he would look for me to come, and we would mm. sit together and hang out, and I would feed him his favorite treats, and he would ask for different things, and I would bring those, and we had a really special relationship. I just loved mm. hanging out with this this deer. And at one point we were chatting, and um, uh, he started asking me about, um, actually, uh, your neck of the woods, uh, about England and what was happening mm-hmm. in the world. And uh, he was asking me amazing and intelligent and informed questions. I did not know how to respond a lot uh, because the time frame that he was asking about was actually in the mid to late 1880s. And I asked him to tell me more about his life and what, how, why did he know any of this? And he told me that he had been an English uh, gentleman, a, a country gentleman um, in that era. Mm. He showed me an image of himself and the property that he owned and uh, told me his story. And uh, he said that he had always, um, he had used to hunt deer and at one point he had mm. had an encounter that um, he wound up admiring and envying deer um mm-hmm. and uh, be, started studying them and had his heart's you know prayer was that he he would love to be a deer i don't know why mm-hmm. but he just fell in love with deer and uh, his 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 prayer was heard and he had been a deer for a number of lifetimes at that point and loved it loved the lifestyle told me a lot of stuff about how different it is and how wonderful it is to be a deer <laughs> Mm-hmm. It was quite interesting, and um, the questions he was asking, I, you know, I, I didn't know a lot of those people or situations or political intrigues and all of that, and I had to mm. go do some research, and sure enough, uh, the things that he was saying were exactly fit in that time frame, so wow, quite, a, quite a fascinating, yeah, quite a fascinating experience. Fantastic. Yeah, so uh, I know that also with reincarnation, just touch on this one thing and then let's move on. Um, but the Bible actually does refer to reincarnation, does it not? Isn't there a phrase in the Bible where Jesus is talking about the many lifetimes? Um, well, the, I don't think there... See, the problem is there's so many different Bibles, aren't there? Mm-hmm. The Bible that I well, um, was taught with at school is totally different. I mean, my son is an active Christian, and the Bible that he uses is totally different ah. from the Bible that well, I was that's, taught. Okay, mm-hmm. and all right. It just depends on how they translate it. I mean, the, okay. the belief is that there there was stuff in the Bible that was taken out by the Roman emperors. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's mm-hmm. the belief. Yeah, got it. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, and I'm not, you know, promoting Christianity here. I just um, I know that a lot of, of you know, a, a lot of the Western peoples have a Christian, you know, background. Mm. So whatever yeah. your beliefs are, <laughs> um, I will say that uh, I know, and you're experiencing too, because you also communicate with animals, right? 
mm-hmm. is is that they have a lot to tell us, and they can tell us a lot about our past together. I know a lot of yeah. animals, you know, when I've worked with people and their animals, they'll tell me, you know, we've been together many times, uh, oh, you know, and they'll, yeah. they sometimes I was the same type of creature that I am now, and sometimes I was not. Sometimes they were a different, you know, per, uh, different type mm. of being also, you know, and sometimes the issues that they're struggling with today are the same things or or wounds from a past life experience. So yes. sometimes we have to go there to heal. So. Absolutely, and definitely your animals can help you to heal past yes. life traumas. Yes. There are quite a few therapists about now who communicate with your animal and are able to sort out your problems by talking to your pets. Right, right. Um, as you know, as you do that sort of thing yourself. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Good, thanks. And pe- people well, often, I expect, bring you a pet and say, this pet's got a problem. And it turns out, as you said before, that the person is the one with the problem. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I work a little differently than a lot of communicators. And one of the things I have my clients do is actually fill out a fairly extensive questionnaire for themselves. And when they do oh. that, many times they'll see matching patterns. <laughs> oh. Which is part of the the benefit and the the fun of the the exercise, you know. Uh, their their session actually starts when we start identifying these patterns and uh, mm. connect the dots, you know. <laughs> so, mm. so let's talk about communicating with an, with animals. What's your earliest memory of communicating with an animal? My earliest one was um, when I was two. Yeah, and uh, my and you actually remember it. it. You were two years old, and you remember. Oh my God, good for you. Okay, yeah, go on. <laughs> it, only moments of it, not not the entire thing. And obviously, my mum told me a lot about it. And she just got a two-year-old dog. She'd taken on as a pet, mm-hmm. and um, she'd taken it on because it was it was fully trained. It was a soft-mouthed retriever, and so she felt it was quite safe. Mm-hmm. However, she wasn't ready for. Um, what what I was about to do, and as I say, I was only two at the time, and she looked out of the garden, uh, out into the garden from the kitchen window, because she'd given the dog a large bone, and the dog had taken it out there and was laying out in the sun chewing it. Mm-hmm. And you know what it's like when a dog gets engrossed in a bone. Mm-hmm. Um, it can sometimes trigger some uh, instinctual behaviour, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And the next thing she saw was um, her two-year-old toddler <laughs> toddling up to the dog, uh-huh. And she didn't really know the dog, and she was utterly petrified, and she thought that, you know, any minute now she was going to have a, a savage child on her hand. Mm-hmm, a bloody but child. I just reached down, apparently I just bent over and burbled away to the dog, mm-hmm. took the bone off it, and mm-hmm. then walked off with the bone, mm-hmm. with the dog following behind me. Mm-hmm. And for the next 12 years, that's what the dog continued to do. She followed me everywhere I went. Oh, wow. Wow, that's so sweet. It was an amazing dog. I could, I could just and, imagine, yeah. Oh. And then when I was three, um, I must have been a real worry as a child, <laughs> like you. Uh, I was taken to the park to feed the ducks with some bread. And my mum took her eyes off me for a second, and next to she turned around, all the swans had come out of the water oh. and had surrounded me. And they were all the same height as me, because, you know, swans are quite big birds, mm-hmm. and they can be quite aggressive. Mm-hmm. She Again, she didn't know what to do, because she, if she rushed over there, she might have actually made them knock me down. 
Right. But I was standing in the middle with my bag of bread and I was just taking a piece of bread out and telling which swan um, could have the piece of bread <laughs> and only letting that, that swan that I chose have the piece of bread. Wow. And none of them were pecking. They were uh. all just standing to attention. And <laughs> as I pointed to each one, it would open its beak and take the bit of bread. Oh. And uh, she never forgot it. Oh, Wow. I love that story. I've got such a such a wonderful image of you surrounded by the swans, you know, yes. very respectfully and lovingly and just perfectly happy to hang out with a three-year-old child um, yes. and to accept your morsels of bread um, in their due. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh. Wow. I like you. You know, I just went on like that. You know, there were episodes mm-hmm. of um, a cormorant on the beach which are quite big birds, mm-hmm. as you may know. I'm not sure if you have them over there, but they are uh, seabirds, and they've got a really big curved beak. And um, I came across one on the beach, and these children, had, it was covered in oil, and the children mm-hmm. were throwing bits of bacon to it. And I asked them how long it had been there, and they said a couple of days. And I said, well, why haven't you rescued it? And they said, you've got to be joking. We're not going to risk getting bitten by that. Yeah. Because I just walked over, spoke to the bird, picked it up, tucked mm. it under my arm and, and took it to the rescue centre. And, oh, my um, gosh. It's just natural, isn't it? You don't have that fear for some reason. Yeah. You just don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my well, brother well, had a pet monkey. Sorry. I was just going to say, what what we have when we are in tune is we approach each other with respect. You know, and if the animal mm. says, you know, back away, I'm not in the mood, you know, or I'm struggling here or I need you to keep your distance, then we can respect mm. that. Um, and if mm. we, But if we come to them, I know one of the – I had a very close encounter with a very large rattlesnake. I don't know if you have those in England or not. Uh, How no. lovely. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was quite a large grandfather snake. It was about six feet long and um, – it had it was it was uh, pretty amazing, and I almost stepped on it or stepped over you know was stepping mm-hmm. over it actually um and i i entered into into before I even realized what it was and um it it basically simply told me that it meant me no harm, and it taught me to carry that phrase with me and to know um to mm. to resonate with you know no mm. harm uh mean you no harm come with respect mm. um and that um and that you know, it would be um, that others understood, uh, that the other animals mm. would understand that. Um, and that served me so well so many times in what could be very dangerous situations. Um, mm. So n- not encouraging anyone to go out and you know, have a close encounter of the dangerous kind. No. <laughs> um, but I'm just, I, I'm, I'm so understanding, you know, when, when we approach with respect and we are open and connected, you know, and honoring, um, there's an invitation. There's an opening. Uh, there's mm. a there's an understanding, a deep understanding that happens. Don't you think? I do, and I think some people are very lucky that they naturally adopt the right body language to convey those thoughts yes. across. Very, very and important. Yeah. Body language is so important with animals. We've lost it all. You know, we don't really understand body language anymore uh, yeah, because we communicate do. with words. Yeah, mm, animals, animals know, and they can teach us so much about body mm. language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Actually, I've got a wonderful little story if, if we've got time. Mm-hmm. Tell me uh, stories. Which I love involves, well, it, it, it involves that body language. It involves people um, who treat animals badly. And mm. to me, it also um, is about how angels will help you to help an animal mm-hmm. if your heart is in the right place. Mm-hmm. And uh, my husband and I were driving to the doctor's appointment, actually. And as we uh, drove along quite a fast stretch of road, we saw something black and white at the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And a first thought was either a badger or a cat that had been hit by a car. Mm-hmm. And then as we got closer, we realized it was a dog. And we were both absolutely horrified because the last thing that we like to see is an injured dog, mm-hmm. let alone have to try and help it. Yeah. And as we drove past, we thought it was dead because it was unmoving and its muzzle was in the road. Mm. And so um, we stopped the car as quickly as we could, caused utter chaos with the traffic, mm-hmm. turned the car around, came back, parked in front of the dog so that no no cars could hit it. Mm-hmm. At that point, the dog got up and mm. ran across the road in a mm. sort of crouching run, but it didn't look like it was hurt. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was darting backwards and forwards across the road trying to catch this dog that was absolutely terrified out of its life mm-hmm. of the traffic and the situation it was in. And uh, eventually it ran into the hedge and I got down on my hands and knees and crawled into the hedge after it. Now, mm. it was at this point that you're not quite sure because the dog was petrified. Mm-hmm. It was cornered. I was a stranger. Yeah. But I just spoke with my mind, like you said, I'm not going to hurt you. I mean you no harm. I'm mm-hmm. going to help you. And the instant my hand touched her, she rolled onto her back mm-hmm. and offered me her belly. Oh. And I, I pulled her out, picked her up like baby fashion in my arms and took her back to our car. Mm-hmm. At that point, another lady stopped her car and she said the dog had been there at least two hours at the side of the road. Mm. And I asked the dog why she was there. And she, oh, this actually chokes me up every time I say it. She told me that her owners had told her to stay. Ah. They'd put her out of the car in the early hours of the morning, Mm. told her to stay, and had abandoned her. Ah. And so that was why she was still laying there in that position where her owners had told her to stay. I Mm. thought it was one of the cruelest things I'd ever heard. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we got in the car... And we drove to our appointment and I walked into the doctor's and I spoke to the receptionist and I said, I'm sorry we're a bit late, but you don't know anybody that's lost. We realised by then she was only about six months old, but has anybody said they've lost a Border Collie puppy? And she said, no, she said, I used to have one of those. Mm. And this is where the angel part came in. Mm. Um, I said, did you? She said, yes, I lost him about a year ago. She said, I've still got my retriever. But I do miss my collie. Mm -hmm. So I said, would you like another one? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I ran back to the car, picked the the dog up, brought her to the window and showed her to the lady through the window. And that was it. That evening, (laughs) she was in front of a fire with an old retriever. Mm -hmm. And she's still there to this day, absolutely Mm. adored. Uh, Yeah, obviously we checked for microchips and things, but she didn't have one. And she's already told me. Yeah, and you already knew, yeah. You know, there's a difference between an animal that that has gotten misplaced and is trying desperately to get back and from mm-hmm. one that's been, you know, given, been abandoned. 
Yeah. How could anybody? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How could they do that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. It's a crime. <sighs> anyway, oh, it's a great story. Mm. Let's um, let's move on. Um, so um, you've owned some pretty special pets. I have, yes, indeed. Yeah. Very much uh, so. Yeah. Horses, cats, and dogs. Mhm. Um. So uh, you want to tell us about perhaps one? Yes, I could tell you about my dog. Okay. Who's actually not in the room with me at the moment, which would annoy her intensely, but she does have a rather loud <laughs> bark. <laughs> uh-huh. um, about eight years ago, I I had had my beloved dog Ace for um, all of her life, which was 15 years. She was a big black dog, a Labrador cross German Shepherd. Mm, wow. And she... Yeah, she's a magnificent animal. And she came to us through a welfare, animal welfare people, because she'd been um, scolded with boiling water Mm. as a puppy and run away from her owners. Mm. And she was picked up, covered with abscesses from the burns at 13 weeks old. And when we went to pick her up, um, the lady apologised. She said, she's not very friendly, I'm afraid. She's very shy of people. She's been yeah, home twice, so. but they brought her back and said, yeah. you know, that she just wouldn't settle with them. And this dog and I looked at each other, and she got up, walked across, sat beside me, and rested her head on my leg. Mm-hmm. And the woman, the lady, was absolutely flabbergasted. You know, she couldn't believe that this mm-hmm. dog that wouldn't go with anybody. Mm-hmm. And from that day, I was hers. Yeah, she was my owner, and um. She saved my life. She saved me from a ram that knocked me down and then tried to butt me in the head mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, by drawing it away from me. Wow. I saved her life when she fell in the canal and we had to pull her out. Wow. And she, although she had a fearsome appearance, nobody was ever scared of her. Uh-huh. She used to go everywhere with us and everybody absolutely adored her. Wow. And when the, when she was 12, she had a a mammary tumour that had to be removed Mm. and um, consequently she lost the nipple from that part of her which Mm -hmm. I'll explain why that's important later but um, when she was 15 we had to let her go Mm. and I was so devastated only people who have wonderful relationships with their pets will all understand what it's like you have this animal in your life almost daily for 15 years or however Mm -hmm. long Mm -hmm. and obviously you're devastated especially when one of these dogs I call them a spark of your soul one of these special dogs cats horses whatever they are a spark of your soul they're they're Mm -hmm. joined to you and that's why it's so painful when they have to leave it it Mm -hmm. really is like losing a part of yourself yeah and I swore that I would never have another dog Uh, two reasons first of all because I thought well it won't be her so I won't be able to form that bond with with it again Mm. and second of all because I didn't think I could bear the pain of the loss again so I said I wasn't going to but then we went to um, Sedona in Arizona actually which is an absolutely amazing place Mm -hmm. and I had a reading from a psychic there and at the end of the reading she said to me had I recently lost a dog and I said yes and she said well I've got this big black dog here with a grey muzzle, so she was quite old when she died. Mm-hmm. And she's telling me that today she's young again. Well, I was 
astonished because I hadn't mentioned a dog at all. Mm-hmm. And it was the 13th of September. And so um, we came home again. And I assumed that the psychic had meant that the dog was in spirit and was therefore young again, you know, mm-hmm. and healthy and young. Mm-hmm. And when we came home, it was quite extraordinary because before we went, I'd been just missing having a dog and I was just looking at some adverts in the local paper and there was an advert for some puppies but I I threw it away but when we came back it was on the table (laughs) which I kind of wrote off I thought well I don't know I'm sure I threw it away but I said to my husband I suppose we could at least stone up and see what they are Mm -hmm. and I phoned up and this little puppies had been born on September the 13th Mm. which was the day I'd seen the psychic and I I wow. said to my husband, oh, gosh, you know, um, what can this mean? Uh-huh. Maybe we should have just at least go and see them. Mm-hmm. So we went to see them, and there was a whole litter of puppies, and it was on a farm, and as soon as the puppies had, like, swarmed over us, all but one, who sat quietly waiting. Mm-hmm. And all the other puppies, as soon as he opened the door, the man, they all flooded out into the farmyard except for this one. Mm-hmm. And he said... Oh, I'm sorry about her. He said, she's not very friendly. I'm afraid she tends to bark at people, even though she's only a puppy. Mm -hmm. She's not very friendly. I think I'm going to have a job selling her. Mm. And this black puppy looked at me, and I crouched down, and she walked across the room, and she climbed up onto my lap. Mm. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And I looked down at her. She looked at me. She looked at my husband, and then she deliberately turned over Mm -hmm. in my arms and showed me her tummy, Mm -hmm. which had the same nipple missing that my old dog had had. Wow. And that was it. She came home. She came home with us. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And as if I I needed any further confirmation, a psychic who I didn't know, a psychic artist, emailed me, and she said, I've had this message from this um, German Shepherd Cross Labrador, a big black dog, and she said she wants you to know for sure what she looks like now. Mm-hmm. And she'd drawn a, photo, uh, a picture, hmm. which was an exact replica of a photograph of the new puppy. Wow. It wow. Absolutely say it was the same, the same position, the same color, the same size, the same wow. facial expression. It was the same dog. Wow. So although, you know, I, I will one day... Oh, Jenny, I've got chill bumps. This is such a fabulous story. <laughs> Woo! It's oh. wonderful, isn't it? It She's is. It girl. is. Oh, my goodness. Wow. The good thing about it is, although I know that one day I'll have to go through that awful pain again, yeah. I'll know that she's not gone. Yeah, no. Because she came back once. Yes. I'll know that she's either going to come back again or she'll be waiting for me. Yes. Uh, Which I, is wonderful. I, I sometimes think that one of the many gifts that our animals give us is that lesson. You know, how to face death, how to go through transition, how to reconnect mm. on the other side, and to mm. remind us so beautifully that life goes on. Uh, spirits continue. Mm. You know, that it's mm-hmm. not over. You know, we're, we... No. A, a chapter in in a journey is, is complete, um, but the journey is not complete. No. no. So, oh, thank you so much for sharing that. What a brilliant, brilliant story. Ah. Oh. Okay. So, is that 
Is that the story, um, is that the dog that was reincarnated in Pets Have Souls to your book? Uh, she was mentioned in there, but her story is actually in a book called Forever Faithful. Okay. That was published by O Books. Oh, okay. All right. Mm. Great. Oh. That was a different, a different book. Okay. You have, you have many. In fact, let's, let's let people know again what your books are. I know we have Pets Have Souls 2 and Pets Are Forever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I know you have many others. Um, uh, you have some coming out in August of 2012, My Dog Diary 2013, which would be wonderful, and My Cat Diary 2013 for our cat lovers. Um, That's right. uh, also coming out in August of 2012. Um, anything else that you have that you want to be sure that we, we know about before we finish up? Well, I do have lots of uh, lots of books. I have... Um another angel one coming out in November 2012. And I have mm-hmm. a, a book I'm quite pleased with called Soulmates, which is coming out in January 2013. Wow. So, um, And I, hopefully next year I'll do some more diaries. I'm hoping to do some about other animals. Wonderful. Because I, I felt they were left out a bit. I I got it. Yes, there's so many animals, <laughs> so many amazing stories. Um, so I know you uh, have a very special invitation for our audience today. Would you like to share that with them? Yes, what I would love them to do is I would love them, because I'm sure there are thousands out there now who are saying, oh, you know, I had a cat that did this, or I had a horse that did that, and it was amazing. And I would love for them to email me and tell me their story, and then maybe I can immortalize their pet in a future book, which would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. Uh, so so you want them to send you their amazing animal stories, and you want to that include them fantastic. in books. That would be fantastic. Woo! Um, so I know a big part of your journey and your message and your voice in the world through in so many wonderful ways is about... Helping animals be understood and valued to, for us to mm-hmm. remember and to know to treat them with respect and kindness. Um, Absolutely. You know, uh, so I know one of the um, uh, quotes here is, all it takes for evil to happen is for good men to do nothing. And, um, yes. you know, we animal lovers can't stand aside and do nothing. You know, we need Absolutely. to be our animal's voice. We need to hear their messages. We need to tell their stories. Um, and my, and my, one of the things I say is that when we do that, we become better people. We're better humans, you know, when we do that. I'm so. a firm believer, you know, that children who are brought up to respect animals and treat them kindly will not grow up to be criminals. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. believe that. I believe that uh, that's one of the things animals are here to teach us. Yes, and to I be know. nice. And on the flip side, the the criminals among us, uh, those that have had the blessing of being connected with therapy animals, uh, often that changes their life forever. You know, it brings mm, them back into yeah. being balanced, uh, balanced people. Yeah, oh, very good. I like it. Yeah. So we've been speaking today with Jenny Smedley of JennySmedley.com. Um, thank you so much, Jenny, for your remarkable work with animals, your love of animals, and for being their voice. Um, so uh, anyone would like to go to your website, again, that's JennySmedley.com, or you can find any of Jenny's wonderful books on, of course, Amazon. So thank you so much, Jenny. I appreciate your time today and sharing your heart with us. 
Thank you. You do wonderful work. Thank you. We have much work to do together. <laughs> okay. We do. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will be looking forward to hearing what's next for you. Thank you, okay, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, we'll thank talk you. to you later. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, go to valhart.com forward slash blog. And if you're someone who values a non-invasive, holistic solution to resolving problems with your dogs, cats, and horses, and you want better behaved, healthier, and happier animals, just go to my website at valhart.com to apply for a complimentary happy animal assessment session. And be sure and remember to look for my CDs on iTunes. Learning how to talk with animals is fun and will change your life. So while you're there at my site, get my free Quick Start Animal Talk course and check out the world's first complete animal communication made easy system. May the love of animals bless you, teach you, inspire you, heal you, and reconnect you to the circle of life. <laughs>